Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is No Political Genius Taboo. That's NPG Taboo. I'm Chrisette Michelle. And I'm Shakima. And today we have... Janelle. Hey. <laughs> what's up? All right, so today I kind of want to talk about like some, some women power stuff because, you know, we're about to enter into Women's History Month. And out of the three of us, I think we all been through some crazy stuff, but we all been through some crazy stuff. So I kind of just want to give the listeners like a little bit of a background about you, Janelle, because they didn't meet you the last time we were together. Okay. Um, so kind of just tell us who you are, where you from. Well, my name is Janelle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Queens. Okay. I am the widow to Chinks, mm-hmm. who was an affiliate of French Montana's. Um, he was recently murdered. Uh, we're going on a year and a half now, mm-hmm. so we're almost meeting the two-year mark. He was uh, gunned down in Queens. It was real big on the news. So a real quick brief history about my fiancé and I and sort of how we've come to know each other. Uh, Biggs of Four Kings Productions is my manager and fiancé, and he was Chinks's manager. Yes. And so... In the midst of Chinks sort of rising to the next level and putting out one of the dopest albums that hip hop had heard in the recent in recent history, Doug, my fiance and him were, were really close. And so Doug and I weren't speaking when everything happened. Mm-hmm. He and I were sort of still in the middle of litigation was over, but we were still just kind of like not talking. And when I had heard what had happened, it was kind of the first time in like seven or eight years where I suddenly was like, okay, like, mm-hmm. it's too real yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you can't be mad at nobody for that this. Much. Mm-hmm. To that much. To not worry. To not reach out. Yeah. So that was kind of the beginning of me saying, okay, what the hell is happening to my peoples? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So tell us what it was like before when everything was kind of like when he was out rapping he was putting out music he was traveling what was that like for you you know sort of like being his wife etc um well it's definitely not what people think it is Mm -hmm. um I think for the wives of an entertainer it's you play the back scene a lot you know, most of them would say, you know, I, I keep my family sheltered for security reasons. Mm. You know, you never know what type of issues or, you know, who might just have a jealousy problem or something with them that you don't know about. So they don't want their kids and their wives or significant others involved in that. So, you know, we were pretty much, he kept that life private mm. for the most part. You know, His family life. Yes. Okay. Yes. But it's it's definitely it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard. You know, he's gone a lot. They travel a lot, and you just kind of play the waiting game. Yeah. It's just like one minute they can be here, and then the next second you get the call like, I gotta pack my bags. I gotta go. Wow. And he might say he's coming back tomorrow and don't come back for a week. Whew. You know. So it's you can never pre-plan. You can never do anything ahead of time or schedule anything ahead of time because it can all change overnight. Yeah. So it's it's stressful. It's mm-hmm. stressful, you know. And then there's this the regular stigma with the entertainment life is just there's a lot of negativity that's around it. So it's it's a headache, you know, just being like I said, on the back scene, not 
really um knowing what's going on, yeah. where they're at, what they're doing. So it it causes tension. Yeah, who they're with. It it causes tension. You know, the kids obviously they miss him when he's not there and What's you know. that like with kids missing their father? <sighs> <laughs> it's hard because you don't know what to you know, you wanna tell them, all right, dad's working just mm -hmm. like any other dad working a job. You know, at least if it was a nine to five, you'll know when dad's coming home, when he'll be there. Mm -hmm. When he's on a road, you don't know. So you don't know when to tell him he's coming back. And then thank God for FaceTime because that's how they communicated. Yeah. Everything was through FaceTime and talking on the phone. And then we just had to make sure that when he was around, we did do something mm -hmm. and spent some type of family time together. You know, what was so. it like spending time together, like between you and him when y'all would get that quick quality time? What was that like? Or did it happen? Well, when, when we got along, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, when we got along, it was great, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and act like it was like we had the perfect fairy tale relationship or something, because, you know, it's known that there were definitely problems in our relationship. We've been together since we was 15 years old. 15 years old! So you would imagine growing up from being kids with each other to then growing into adults and coming into, you know, you change as you get older. You know, your views on life change as you get older. The things you want change. And sometimes you're not on the same page. So you don't you grow on the that, same pace. Did you always know he wanted to be in the music industry? Uh, I did. I did, but um, when we was about 18, 19, well, I was 19, he was a little older in his 20s, you know, he got incarcerated. Mm -hmm. So he did have to go away for a while. He was away for three and a half years. And that was a lot. That was a huge commitment, me being 19 and two kids, because mm -hmm. now me and him had a child together, that I took on. How old was the baby at the time? She was one. Oh, wow. So she didn't know what was going on. So now I'm having to involve her in this environment in order for them to maintain a relationship and for her not to forget who he is by the time he comes home. And just being there and going through that system on a weekly basis, because I used to go see him every week. Wow. So Which is not... And, and, and they... No, it's not Everybody easy. don't do that. Because they treat you... And she did it faithfully. Like they treat you and like... everything. And it was... Go on a bus. <laughs> wow. And it was hard. It was hard. It's, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. I think you deal with a lot of insecurities when a man is in jail. It can be a bittersweet thing, you understand, because yes, you do appreciate the time you get to spend with them while you're there, and it's a long visit. I mean, it's like eight hours. Oh, it is? Yes. When they're upstate, it's so long, and you, you kind of enjoy it when everything's going right, mm -hmm. but then you deal with, you know, the backlash. There's the, what are you doing? Who are you doing it with? Where you're at? And when they can't see and they don't have control over their situation, that burden starts to now be a problem for you because it's like... So just like in normal life, they still have the same concerns. Oh, yeah. As if they was around. If not more. Cause it, it worse because they can't... They can't yes, because they can't see. They're just like stuck. So People don't think about that. They can't do anything. People don't think about that. People feel like, I'm just saying from, from, say from, my father used to work at Rikers Island from the time I was a little kid. 
And when we would go to Rikers, we would look at the folks in jail as a type of person, right? The people in jail. Mm -hmm. You never thought of them as somebody saying, man, I miss my father, or man, I miss my kids, or I miss my wife, or I wonder how my, my family is doing. But, you know what I'm saying, talking right now, it's like, he was just like anybody else's man who's like, where was you at last night? Yes. <laughs> and Okay, so, because my question there is, if he's saying, where was you at last night, was you ever kind of nervous to tell him the truth? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it the same kind of loyalty? Yeah, I mean, you still do because you know that now you're dealing, it's, it's more you're sensitive. Still in a relationship. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and, 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 from, okay. and it's more sensitive because it's like now you can say, oh yeah, when I was my homegirls here, but now what time did you get home? Who was you with? What was you doing? And you can tell the truth, but mm -hmm. in their mind, it's still, she's lying. What if she's lying? You understand? So you got to deal with those insecurities and the jealousy. And there's a lot. It takes a toll on you mentally. And for me to be so young, like I said, I was 19 years old when I went into it. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot. And then him asking to marry me, it was just like... While he was incarcerated. While he was incarcerated. Wow. So it was like, do I do this or do I don't? Mm -hmm. Like, are, am I doing the right thing or is it just because he's in here? It took me a year to say yes. Wow. So who are you asking? Because <laughs> like, that's, that, that's, that's a tough question. Yeah. Who you know, do you ask? As, as a woman, you want your fairy tale wedding. You want to be walked down the aisle by your dad. You want your family there. You want your kids to be a part of it. So it's like... You're talking to the wrong girl, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so... I suck at tradition. But that's what you wanted. I mean, yes, of yeah. course. So and she just, always believed in that. Like, I swear, like... If you she has to tell it, she's like the big fairy tale life story wow. wrapped in one, like the book of B, like the happily ever after. So to everybody listening, y'all met Kima the last time we was together. Kima hey and guys. Janelle happened to be best friends. Yeah. So Kima was there through all of this, right? Yes. For fifteen years we've been best friends. Yes. So she's yeah. been there since day one. So she's very well aware I of live everything. With her at one point, like to see her. 15, 16 years old, really acting like a wife and a mom, cooking, wow. cleaning, making sure Kayla was good. Like, I'm sleeping on the couch. She in there sweeping the floor, like, going at it. Like. So she hasn't changed much. <laughs> no. She only grown. Like, yeah. as organized as she is now, mm -hmm. she's... <laughs> Like, when I do become a mom, I aspire to be like her, because you wow. can learn a thing or two. That's like, beautiful. We the same age, but I look at her as more of a mature. Mm -hmm. Like, I still, I'm the young, single, no kids, like, take your kids and go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she like, listen, my kids need this. Before we go anywhere, my kids need that. I be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, wow. Yes. But we have built it around them, too. So I kind of feel like, I, well, I am the auntie of it. Mm -hmm. She ain't. Y'all are very going. funny to watch. I will say this: <laughs> very funny to watch the two of y'all at it. It's Ebony and Ivory. Yes. Yeah, it's really funny, and it's and it's so 2017. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Women supporting women. Yeah. Um, I was watching the Mariah Carey show, and one of her background singers has her, her son on the road. Mariah Carey has her two kids on the road, yeah. and then another person on the road. Her manager has her kid on the road, and it's like. They all supporting each other and telling each other, you know, watch out for my kid. And if somebody says anything crazy to somebody else's kid, it's an uproar by the mm -hmm. other. It's like women just kind of support. Yeah. Women are like, Gangs. but you have to. Like, yeah. and I think it's so important that you do that. I think we need that. Like, women are supposed to support women. Mm -hmm. Like, to sit there and try to 
belittle someone or put someone down because what they do is something that you don't do or you don't believe in certain things that they do or how they run their household or what men they date or how they do with their kids. That's not your problem. You right. understand? And I just feel like when it comes to us supporting each other, you don't have to put someone down to not agree with something, you understand? Yeah. You can just, maybe more words of encouragement are better than trying to down someone because or you just don't disagree. agree. I, I, it kills me when I see women go at each other's neck, especially if they were once friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they start to exposing or they're putting each other's business out there. Yeah. And it's just like, you don't do that. Right. Like you walk away gracefully. If it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. But you don't lower your standards to sit there and think that putting someone down is going to make you feel better. Right. You because yeah. it doesn't. I was just watching um, Married to Medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, Dr. Heavenly, she, her and Lisa got into it or whatever the case may be. And she said something that was so important. Women are easy to just give up on each other and not support each other. And for me and my friendship and why it lasted so long is that me and Janelle support each other. We congratulate each other. We're not jealous over who's doing what. Like, I remember not wanting to go to my graduation. And she's like, uh, let's go, get dressed, get your cap and gown. We're there. I'm going to ask I'm you a question about that in a second because I had the same thing. I ain't want to go to my graduation either. It was just awkward, right? Listen, it's I like just I worked to hard. Do it. I don't mean yes. nobody to know. Like, yes, I have. I'm good. Yes, I'm smart. Leave me alone. Like, yes. mind your business. Because yes. truth is, you don't even know how life can work out after. And you know, I'm big on surprises, right? Yeah. For other people, mm -hmm. but I don't like to be in like front center. Uh, uh get me like, out of here. I mean, like, it's, it's too much. It's too much. Plus, the hat is ugly. Yeah. It's not a cute <laughs> outfit. Like, because my thing was, can I just walk over the, you know, across the stage when jeans and a t-shirt? I got with ugly big roll. I took it off and. I'm talking about as soon as I accepted my diploma, I took that thing off so fast. But I want to get back to you, Nelly, because so now he's incarcerated. He gets out. What happens next? It's funny because while he was incarcerated, the last year he was incarcerated, we actually stopped talking. We had a fallout. We was married and everything already. You got married to him? While yeah, he was we did away. get married while he was in there about a year later. Had so, a little Spanish dress. And, and yeah. I had on I a had, Mexican dress. What color was it? White. I had on oh, a right. wedding gown. Let me tell oh, you. Style of it. Because when you say when you say that, I'm thinking yellow. By the way, no, it was like the whole furs and the straight. Wait till y'all see my dress. Y'all gonna think I'm. Spinning. I'm like the second a key scene. I'm a Maria. Maria. That's how my wedding dress. When we get to, I'm gonna talk to y'all about my dress. Y'all gonna be like, Are you serious? <laughs> no, you know what it was? Was that, granted, even though it was in a correctional facility, mm -hmm. but to be mm -hmm. honest, I had on a white pantsuit, and one of his good friends was, was the best man. He's mm -hmm. the one who took me to get it done, because we had to drive up there on a the weekday. So now you got to find your way up there. You got to do all this paperwork. You got to, it's the whole process. So we get out there, and he's like, you don't have a dress? And I'm like, no. He's like, listen, I don't care if this is, if you're getting married on a boat, on an island, in a box, it's still your first wedding. Mm -hmm. You're going to wear a white dress. Mm -hmm. And he literally took me to a wedding store wow. and bought me a white wedding dress. Oh, my God. Bought me the shoes, <gasps> the jewelry, everything. He was like, you're going to do it right. 
That was such and a I'm not gonna lie, thing. I felt like a princess. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because we funny, get there. Yeah. <laughs> we get there and the guards are like, they're looking at me like, okay, you went all out. So we did it. And, you know, like I said, unfortunately, when they're incarcerated, you know, things, it, it's, it's a hectic situation. Hmm. And a lot of things can happen to where it just puts a toll on a relationship. Mm-hmm. So we actually winded up not speaking for the last year of the relationship. Mm-hmm. We had a huge fallout. Right before he was released in October of 2008, of August of 2008, that would have marked our two-year anniversary of us being married mm-hmm. because we got married August 2006. Mm-hmm. On our anniversary, I surprised him on a visit. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, what the hell are you doing here? And I'm just like, you're about to come home. We need to figure this out. For me, I felt like I had to give him the benefit of the doubt that as a now married man, he would be different than the person that I know him to be when he was a kid. Right. The, the, the 18-year-old that I had met at one point. So I felt like I owed it to our relationship and our union and what we promised to each other to give it that shot. And for the sake of our kids, because mm-hmm. we have two kids. We had two kids at this point that we were raising. So long story short, he came home and everything was good. And then it's like they catch that breath of fresh air and they realize they're back on the streets and it's back to the games. And then you you know, you wind up going through all the same nonsense. I tell people all the time that in a relationship, time moves so fast. When you're in a relationship and you are constantly brushing things off or just sweeping things under the rug, before you know it, another year has passed, another year has passed, another year has passed, and then it's like, okay, we've been together for 10 years now. When are we going to get it together? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's always a constant, it was always a constant battle. And with him being in the industry, it made it no easier because it was easy to just escape. You know? Yeah. You yeah. can just escape. Like, okay, I have these problems at home. I'm getting on a plane and leaving tomorrow. I don't got to deal with it. You're talking to somebody who knows. I'm a girl <laughs> yeah. version of that. I was yeah. terrible in relationships. So it's, it's hard. It's hard. Power to the people who have been in a relationship with somebody in the industry who are still together 20, 30 years later because it's hard. It doesn't happen. It's very rare. Yeah. It's very rare. I like I admire relationships like L Cool J and Snoop Dogg and mm-hmm. you know certain people who are still with their wives that they've been with since they were teenagers. Yeah. But see, a lot of them went through game. so many struggles. But, oh, but they're waiting for somebody to say oh, I wasn't going to take it there. They go through <laughs> it. But that's a, listen, <laughs> oh, no. you got to be strong because the same things that <laughs> mm. you know we see all the time. Like it's not glitz and glam. Like Mm-mm. they're they're nights where the wife has waited up all night. Oh, they do walk through the door, or seeing you know the stuff in the vac magazine Mm -hmm. and on TV with them walking the carpet with a new chick, and they didn't even know that they wasn't even invited. The infidelity issues definitely still happen. You can't escape that. Any relationship, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. It has nothing to do with your status, your career level. It doesn't have anything to do with that. I just feel like if a person is not where they want to be mentally and emotionally and, and financially. They can't commit themselves to you. That's yeah, a great it. point. If a person's not where they need to be mentally, did you say physically? Uh, mentally, emotionally, emotionally, and financially, 
they can't give you their all the way you expect them to. Oh, okay. Anybody listening? Okay, that's like a huge <laughs> point. So if you don't got them three joints together, just leave people alone. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Don't. Or just be honest. Like, yeah. Be honest with yourself. Because I think that's the problem. Like, we sit up here, we rush into relationships, not understanding that it's not just about you. Yeah. It's about somebody else. You take on a whole individual. Hmm. And sometimes we're not ready for that. Yeah. And yes. you tell yourself you are. A lot of the times when you sit back and you think about it, you outgrow people. And yeah. we don't want to let go because we're so used to being in that comfort zone. So yes. we settle. And I, I was going to say I'm that. I'm I was going to say that. Like. Yeah, and I was going to say that. I think that's what it really boils down to. You know, people will say, well, why did you stay so long? Or, you know, he was doing X, Y, to the Z, so you dealt with it. And maybe it's because of this. I've... Like I've heard the craziest things. Is like, that rude for somebody to say? I think that's I rude, think it's but... extremely rude because oh, okay. you don't know my story. Right. You understand? You don't know why I'm here, what I've been through, or what was my reasons. So don't judge just because you feel like you have a little insight. So now you just know what the whole last thirteen years of my life is like. <laughs> no, you years. don't. But people read it and they assume society says this is what you're supposed to do, as opposed to actually living it. Somebody that never been in her shoes won't understand why she stayed. As opposed to somebody that's been in her shoes to be like, well, I did stay two, three years longer than what I should have. Right. Or somebody who chooses no to know when to cut off, to walk away, to say this is enough. It doesn't make her weak. It doesn't mean that she didn't fight for what she wanted. It just took longer to get there. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Sometimes we just put other people's feelings like we love too much or our loyalty is too, too strong, too deep. For someone and we lose our, ourselves in it mm -hmm. right and 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 the, the issue is is one you can't judge me for losing myself in life in general mm -hmm. yeah i'll be honest like with me i've lost myself many times just in the music industry alone yes. or somebody might say your last song got me through so and so on and i lose myself in that person's story and i feel almost obligated to write a whole album mm -hmm. for all of the women who've been through so and so yes. and i'll forget what chrisette wanted yes. to sing about in the first and, place and it happens in a and it happens in a relationship <laughs> you understand you going into a relationship and you know where somebody has come from you know what their probably their childhood was like and mm -hmm. you feel like you have to fix that yeah. or you have to be the better person and sometimes you don't realize that you're trying to fix something that was never your fault to begin with so you wind up losing yourself causing a bigger burden on you than you actually realize thinking that you're helping something but you're not you understand you're you're, you're making a bigger problem for yourself trying to patch up someone's wombs mm -hmm. that you didn't create. Yeah. You understand? So, and I think that was where I got lost at. It was just like, you know, I came to this as a child myself. I was 15. Yes, I had a daughter by then, but I was still a child. There was so much growing I had to do mentally. Mm -hmm. You understand? I was still growing physically. Like, I, I thought I was grown, but I wasn't grown. And it doesn't come so, with instructions. Yeah, so yeah. after you go through all of that and... and you're being a mom and now you're being a wife at 19 or so you got two kids, you're a wife to a husband who's incarcerated. Now I'm on my own. I'm living on my own. I'm out of my mom's house. I'm working. I'm taking what my kids to school. What are you doing for, for a living at this time? Girl, I'm everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like at that time in your life. Oh, at that yeah. time? Yeah. Oh, I was, I worked at CVS Pharmacy. I was a supervisor. Okay. And 
I had to get up every morning. I was taking my kids to school on one bus, dropping another one off here, daycare, getting back on the bus, going to work. Oh, on the my, bus you didn't have a car? No, at that time I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car until I was about 24. Mm-hmm. So all these years with these kids and the snow, cold, hot, Cause, whatever. Because from the outside it was happening. In, somebody might have thought, oh, Chase is balling. She probably, you know, lit. And you <laughs> on a bus with kids. Like, I, I'm, be, I'm being a little silly, but truth of the matter is, I can't imagine. You say you took one kid to one place, another kid to another mm-hmm. place, and you was a supervisor. I can't imagine. Yeah. And then on the weekends, had to take that bus to go upstate. And then on the weekends, you go see? Upstate. And that was a whole weekend trip, because you're spending four hours on a bus going up there, at, leaving late at night to get there in the morning. By the time you come home, the next day is late at night. And that was, that was my life How for three years. How do you get mentally? How do you, what it, do you tell it's yourself? Hard. It is so hard. I mean, as a kid, because I was a kid, it's, it's a lot of pressure on you to sit there and make those commitments. And, and it's almost, you feel forced. It's like, I have to do this. I don't okay. have a choice. I'm a okay. mom. I choose to be a mom. Now sense. I'm a wife. I choose to be a wife. Mm-hmm. So I have to do this. There's no bailing out. There's no crying about it. It was almost so natural to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's me. I'm a nurturer. I'm a caretaker. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. So to know that... For those of y'all listening, when you go to Nelly's house, <laughs> there's six different types of food laid out hot. Now, you know what it's like to come to somebody's house. The rice is cold, the chicken is hot, the cabbage is cold. Everything's hot at the same time. The drinks are ready, the plates are out, and she's in sweatpants saying, okay, I'm gonna run and go get dressed and I'll be back at the tennis. Everybody Every digging. time, never fails. This is what she means when she, she says, I'm not gonna cook a lot. All her kids got iPhones, her kids got all the toys, her house is immaculate, everybody's room is decorated like you watching an interior design show on HDTV. That's who we're talking about here. We're not talking about somebody who say I'm a nurturer and they just make sure your cupcakes, you know, are, are warm. Like she's the, she's the <laughs> cupcakes with that. You okay? might she's the Latina too. nurturer, like the kind yeah. you see, you know, you read about in books, the yes. real deal. So, so you're this nurturer. You going out every weekend, and I'm sorry if I get teary. I I don't do tears, but I just, you know what I mean. Like that's a lot. It is. It's a lot. It is. So he gets out. What point, at what point did it turn into music? At what point did it turn back into music? Right away. Right away. Right away. That was his commitment. His commitment was as soon as I get home, it's either I make this happen or I go back to what I know. Mm-hmm. And that was his thing. He did not want to go back to what he knew. Wow. Because that was his promise to himself is, one, I will not end up back in jail. Really? Two, yeah, he he hated jail. You know, some people they That's go in and they go right back, and it's just a juggle between the streets mm-hmm. and the jail cell. No, he was like, "This place is horrible. I I am never coming back here." Wow. So his whole thing was, I can't sell drugs because I will go back to jail. Hmm. So they gotta be another route. And he let me, let me tell you, there was so many times he would break down to me like, "I hate this business, but how else am I gonna?" bring my family to another level. I refuse to be regular. I refuse for my kids not to have everything I didn't have. Like, so I have to do this. There were so many times we arguing, he's like, I do this for y'all. This is not about me. Even though you know you think it's all about him because it's 
he's the one with the flashy jewels and the cars and it is, and that's the image that you, the world sees. But, but there's a bigger picture behind it. There's a bigger, there's a bigger meaning behind behind why I go so hard, why I'm away so many days from home, why I have to travel so much, why I'm locked into the studio and days you, and days at a time. to love him for so long. Yeah, that and the fact that, you know, for me, it's always been, I, I cherished being married. Like, that was something serious to me, mm -hmm. you understand? I never wanted to be married and get divorced. I wanted to be married and stay married. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I fought and fought and fought for that relationship to work. And I just think, no matter what you go through in a relationship, I believe at some point you start to live off of hope. I mm -hmm. hope it gets better. I hope he goes back to the person that I fell in love with. I hope this change. I hope this stops. I hope, and everything's just a hope. You understand? And I remember one time in my relationship, just getting into this fiance hood, <laughs> hoping that I would forget about my ex. There was a point mm -hmm. in the relationship, the very beginning, where I would still remember my ex. And I didn't want to be with him anymore. Mm -hmm. I knew that we weren't meant to be. Yes. But that's a great point. Every relationship goes through a point where it's like, I hope, whatever, whatever. Something. And mm -hmm. you're not by yourself. Nope. That's something that every... And so you pushed through that and said, I'm going to stick this out. You get just caught up in, in the fairy tale life that you want to live. Mm -hmm. You know, you want the happy family, the two-parent household, the... The things that you didn't get to have. And that's what I wanted for my kids. You understand? Mm -hmm. So just seeing a mom and dad in one house and knowing that we got through life with both our parents together mm -hmm. and show them some type of union, a foundation, so that they know what they're supposed to look forward to in the future. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, that was taken away from us. It was taken away from you. Yeah. So it's sad because I always say, I don't know where we would have went. I Were don't know. We would have been before that time. Yes, yes, and that was that was the hard part. I think because I fought so long for him to be this particular person, and then right before he was murdered, it seemed like he was slowly transitioning into that person. Like he went through things and he made some choices that I felt like were opening his eyes as far as to like, okay. If I don't get my sh together, she's gonna leave. And she don't need me because she has her own place, her own car, her own job. She don't need me. Hmm. So if I don't get it together, she gonna pick up and go. And he stated that to people he knew. Like, I gotta get it together. Because she got her own shit. So she can leave. She can be with somebody else. And then I'm gonna lose everything. And that was his thing. Like, he did not wanna lose his family. And he started getting closer to his kids, getting closer to me. We had planned a family vacation. And it was just like, I'm going to start doing everything with you that I wasn't doing before we're going to start doing. And we were inseparable together every day. And then the one night that he chose us to go out by himself, I'll be back home. I'm not staying out long. I get the call that morning. And, you know, I always... She will show a huge respect to Doug because since day one, he's always been there. And it's so crazy because he's the one who called me because he got the call first. Wow. And he called me. Like, detectives, he, he asked me, he's like, did Chinks call you? And I'm like, 
No, I'm calling his phone because it was so weird. I woke up at 5.30 in the morning and started calling his phone. Mm. I'm like, okay, the club lets out at 4. Where is he? Yeah. Like, we're not going to do these games where he's not coming home. I'm calling him down. He's not answering. I'm like, why is he not answering his phone? So, like, two minutes later, Doug's calling me. And I'm thinking they're together. So, okay, he's calling me back. And he's like, Janelle, and he's like, when's the last time you spoke to Chanks? I'm like, I'm calling him, but he's not answering his phone. He was like, well, I just got a call from detectives, and, you know, they're looking for you. They want you to call, and I'm like, stop playing with me, please. This is too early in the morning for this nonsense. Mm, he's so like, first you didn't even yeah, he was like, I wish I was playing. He was like, I'm very serious. You have to call him. And... I called, and as soon as I called, sorry. <laughs> as soon as I called, and it's like, they're like, um, you know, is this his wife? And I told him, yeah, and they're like, we need you to come down to Jamaica Hospital. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, well, you know, um, there was a shooting on Queens Boulevard, and there were two men, and they're both in Jamaica Hospital right now. We need you to come down. And I'm like... Where is he? Where is his car? And they're like, we'll explain everything to you when you get down here. Just don't come alone. What? They were like, do you drive? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, bring somebody with you. And immediately I just knew that didn't sound right. Mm. And I, I mean, I got to Jamaica in probably about five minutes. And it's like 15 minutes from my house. Sure. I ran everywhere, light, every stop sign. I picked up my sister. Okay. I called her hysterical, like, please be downstairs in two minutes because she lived like five minutes from me. Mm -hmm. And I just remember getting there. I didn't even park. I just jumped out the car and ran inside and Doug's in there and the two detectives are in there. And you know, when they get to telling the story, they want to beat around the bush and they want to tell you. And I'm like, what happened? Like, where is he? No, I don't know. Cause a lot of times you, you see it and you see yeah. that they're very direct. So you're saying they beat around yeah, the bush. Yeah, like they're, you know, they want to tell you everything that happened from beginning to the end. Like, okay. okay, you know, we got a phone call. There were two men. There was a shooting on Queens Boulevard. When we got there, we didn't know they're in there. And I'm just like, where is he? Where the fuck is my husband? And they're like, we're sorry to tell you, but, you know, he didn't make it. And at first, it doesn't register to you, you There's know. two strangers. <sighs> two strangers telling you that they did, all they, they did all they could, but they couldn't do anything. And it, it doesn't register because it's like, I just seen him. Right. I was just with him four hours ago. He left the house at one o'clock in the morning. Like, what are you telling me right now? Like, you know, he he kissed me goodbye. He said he was coming right back. He wasn't gonna be long. And now you're telling me that he's gone. Where is he? And I mean, I argued with them for about four hours to let me see him. They wouldn't let you they see him. They would not let me see him. They told me we ha I have to wait for the medical examiner to get there. And I'm like, You've already made your call. What difference wife. does it make? Like, I need to see him. And they will not let me see him. And it was just the worst four hours ever because it's just like, you wonder, did y'all do everything y'all could have done? What like, am I dreaming right now? Like, is this really happening to me right now? And the, the hardest thing for me was, all I kept saying was, 
what do I tell my kids? What do I go home and tell them? Like, this is, they're waiting for him to come home. They just was with him. We were just having family time in the house, eating dinner. We just was watching a movie together. And what hurts the most is that they didn't get a chance to hear it from me because it hit the media so fast that their phones were blowing up. So they're calling me hysterical. Like, why are people saying that my dad is dead? Like, why are they saying that my father is shot? So it's like, what do you say to them? You're not even there to console How them. How does that happen that it gets to the media? For I don't even thing? know. I tried to wonder the same thing. Like, who, who wrote that what? so fast? Like, who reached? Somebody obviously had to put it on social media at that point. And it's just like, how? How? Like, it started, then it started circulating on the radios. And it's just like, how? What do you tell them? I had to call my mom and tell her, please get to my house yeah. immediately mm -hmm. because they're there by themselves. I left them running out. They were still sleeping at six o'clock in the morning. So it's like, oh my God, I can't even be there for them. How you old know? were they at the time? Um, my son was four. Mm -hmm. My um, oldest was 14 and the middle was 10. Old enough so, to understand. Exactly. So it's like, what? And then I, when I say I was there at the hospital for hours, I was there for hours. So it's like to not be able to be there for them. I'm up here arguing with them. The, ho the hospital was flooded with family and friends. Everybody trying to figure out what the hell just happened. How did this happen? Who did this? Why did they do it? It was just... Right, the why did they do it too? The, the like... worst roller coaster ride in the world, and and some things you just will never be able to erase out your memory, and that's the hardest part is that you know everybody has dealt with this in their own ways. It's affected so many, from family to friends to even fans. This this has affected them in a deep way because it's just like nobody understands it. There's still no closure, mm -mm. but for me, it's like. Y'all don't know what this feeling is like to have to go in there in that hospital room and identify your loved one. Mm -mm. And they're there, and you know that they, you can't talk to them. They, they're not coming home with you. And you have to really, reality really sets in that this is what you're going through. And when I seen him in there, it's just like, all I could do is talk to him. And it's just like no response. And you can tell that this, it's already been a while because he's as cold as ever. And it's just like, how? You know, and it's just like, they literally had to pull me out the room because I didn't want to leave him. So it's just, and then to go home to this home that we once shared and to know that you're never walking through that door again and have to deal with your kids and explain this to them the easiest way possible. Your son, who's four years old, has no understanding of the meaning of life yet. And that was his, like, that was his glue to life, was his son. He loved many people, but his son was his everything. So it's like... To now, my son is like, where's my dad? And then he's listening to everybody. So it's like, my daddy was shot.
my daddy's dead. My daddy's gone. And the angels took my daddy. To and it's just. He is the smartest, <sighs> brightest. Very. Yes. Most alert. <laughs> you, he's the just, things I, he's, that come out his mouth. He's, oh my God. I, I don't understand. He's just amazing. Yes. So I could have only imagined that he almost understood it, but they didn't know how to articulate it. Mm -hmm. Or comfort you probably yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so crazy because he does understand. Like, mm -hmm. you know, daddy is gone mm -hmm. and he's not coming back. And it was so hard in the beginning because it always was. When is, when is the angels letting daddy come home? Wow. One of the angels let him, like, that was his thing. So it's like, you don't know, what do you tell him? How do you console a four-year-old who doesn't understand that dad is not coming home? And that's what you told him, the angels? Yeah. That's what, the angels came and got daddy. They needed him. So it's just like, okay, that's fine, but when are they letting him come back? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. they can have him for now, but mm -hmm. they got to send him back. <laughs> like, you know, but um, now... Going on, you know, almost two years and... Which is a short period of time. And let me just say, I came to the, what do you call it? When you light candles? The, the memorial. memorial. I came to the, that was one year, right? Yeah. I came to the one year memorial and I saw you, I saw some of your family for the first time, right? Is that the yeah. first time I met you? I believe so. Maybe the second. And I'm looking for you and I'm saying to myself, She's way too strong <laughs> to be the woman who we're talking mm -hmm. about. That kid, like, she's too, for those of you listening, she's, first of all, she's drop-dead gorgeous, right? Thank but you. second of all, all of her kids, no, this wasn't the first time I met you because I had to, went to the mall with the babies. All her kids mm -hmm. had on matching outfits. They stand up, I mean, they're alert, like, it's like... You're like a mother hen. Everything that you describe yes. about yourself is really... Yeah. So you can't even imagine this being the person who we're talking about. And then you're telling everybody what to do. Okay, you light a candle. Your best friend, Kima, was like, no, I want it to look like this. You know, it's like a... Mm -hmm. it's, it's loud. <laughs> yes. It's effervescent. It's almost upbeat. There's people outside in, the, in, the, in their clothes. There's a few detectives walking around, which yeah. means there's a few cameras around. And I know there's some family drama that we won't go into today <laughs> around. But you, you got makeup on. I would describe it as God's grace. His hand, his grace was just covering yeah. you. You know what? And, and that's, that's one of the things with, I feel like, being in a position that I was left in mm -hmm. with being the wife of an entertainer, being the one who who now have, has to oversee everything and take over everything he left behind. And I wasn't barely involved in it. You know, I was mm -hmm. the behind the scenes. You know, I did everything behind the scenes. I helped him manage his money, paid his bills, managed his cars. I did all the behind the work. But when it came to the music, I wasn't there. You know, I had a few nights here and there in the studio with him. He'll come home and let me hear a song. Maybe he'll ask me for an idea or input on a record. But I let him chase his dreams and do what he had to do. I didn't bother, I didn't get too much involved, you understand? And once he was no longer here, I had to fill in those shoes full force. Mm -hmm. It was almost like I didn't have time to mourn and to depress and to shelter myself from the outside world because immediately it was news coverage, 
radio interviews, an album that needs to be put out. I didn't know, I didn't understand how you were doing it. It was insane. I was watching, like, I don't understand, like, her hair was curled. It's insane. I'm talking, and this is woman to woman. In other words, yes. this is not like me looking at you as a celebrity. This is me looking at you like, she became a, your, your Instagram insane. following went up. Like, you became... You could have been on any reality TV show. Yeah. People were calling you to to be on stuff. From what from what Big Sis told me, we also call him Doug for those of y'all listening. And you handled it. And I, yes. every time I see you, I was okay. just like, she don't get enough credit all the time okay. because when you deal with death, shortly after you know I dealt with my mother' death, you have to put on this front, this facade. You don't want the outside world to see you crashing. You can once you close that door, you could break down. Mm -hmm. But to the outside world, you gotta pull up your pants and you gotta go out there and, and make then it happen. Can you break down when you have three children at the house? And that's why she had to go make it happen. And, and that's why she don't get enough credit. Like people look at the glitz and the glam of it. She like she has to three kids. She has to make sure that they go to college. Make sure they get what they need all by herself now when she had a whole household. Mm -hmm. Nobody wasn't giving her nothing. Nels got up and she went to work. So I admire the strength because a lot of people, they go, you can go in a funk. You could be selfish enough to be like, you know what? I'm sad. I'm not getting out of bed. Right. But she said, look, I'm going to be sad. My right. kids got to continue to, I got to pay these bills. Like I have to do whatever it is necessary to make sure not only that but his album which was so important to him get out there mm -hmm. which was the best album ever like mm -hmm. rap mm -hmm. history mm -hmm. and if he was here it would have been so much bigger and like so proud to watch like yeah. and she did it yeah. and I, I always say she don't get enough credit for it because she really sat up here and took something that she had no clue on how it operated how it worked but she knew she had to make this for him, make it his dream come true. Right. So okay. So here I walk in, Chrisette Michelle. Now, <laughs> I meet Chinks's manager again after ten years. If you don't know the story, listen to the last podcast. <laughs> Me and Doug get back together, and then I meet Janelli. I come to Janelli's house after this. I think that was Christmas. Christmas. On Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking. Okay, I gotta be half laid back, half diva. So I put on sweats <laughs> and Louboutin stilettos. <laughs> Cause I'm like, it seems like cute. she's a diva, right? Cause she's always so pretty. It's hip hop, so she must be chill. <laughs> so I get to the house. She gotta pay a job I mean, somewhere. You keep on me. Yeah. And like I said, there's all this food and these kids. When I tell you, this is just what I decided to think that God's covering was over your house like there's no way for that amount of cheer that amount of and, and yes we had moments where everybody you know sort of went into the details about mm -hmm. memories yeah. and things like that and I just stood really quiet because I knew that I wasn't a part of that moment with you guys and I just wanted to be supportive in whatever way you know my fiance was sort of he would tear up and I would watch him listen to the new music so mm -hmm. now Chance is coming out with a new album my fiance is listening to this album all the time. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. There was moments where I would just go to bed early because I know he would just stay in the living room with his headphones on. And he was speaking to this young lady named <laughs> at the same time. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, let me watch this Nelly. And um, but there was never no like strange feelings, you know. It always felt like family. And 
and I watch everybody now, you know, Kima, Janelle, and then there's this new addition, Janelle finds love. Oh, it's like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, because when some people was thinking, is she allowed to find, like, is and, she and allowed? That's crazy thing. They really ask those questions. Like, right. Oh my God! How can you sit up here I, and fall in love yes. again? Like, how could you? you right? not... How could you sit here and fall? What? Who? How? Who dare gave? You? Who gave you that right to? It's too soon. Or, mind you, if you go look at their story, they done jumped in the bed two days later. Right. You know, it's but not it's a, a matter. Year. You can't. You you don't know when you're gonna find love. Like that's mm -hmm. not something that you go out there and search for. It happens, and it happens at the right time and when it's right. And you don't know how. Yeah, and you know what? Like, for me, it was never a fact of that I was searching. You understand? I wasn't mm. searching for a relationship. I wasn't searching for someone to fill in the missing pieces. I wasn't doing it. Mm -hmm. I was slowly regrouping, getting back to me. Mm. You understand? After having to deal with so much on my plate so fast, Mm -hmm. You know, right. it did take a, a, a toll on me. Um, I was surrounded by, you know, people that probably didn't have my best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. You understand? And that were taking advantage of my vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So now I find myself doing things that I didn't ever do. Mm -hmm. You understand? I'm in the clubs. I'm drinking. I'm carrying on in a behavior that I've never seen myself so do. So you was never in the clubs before? So I never was in a New okay, York City club before. Okay, y'all listening, first time I see <laughs> Chanel in the club, she was one of those, she got on a blazer. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like a real sexy, real tight blazer. We went out for you. She got on slacks. Okay, she looked like Marilyn Monroe, and then she had one of those hats with the real big yes. rim. I was like, oh, and I had on, I had on a cat suit with holes in it, and I was like, oh no, I made the wrong choice. Yes, you know, I was never into the whole club scene wow. because, you know, one. Chinks was not with it. Like mm -hmm. I'm in the clubs every night. I be damned if you gonna be in the clubs every mm -hmm. night. You know, like our scenery was always laid oh, back. Laid we back. always went places nobody else went. So if it was broadcast, we we wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I was never. But wherever we went, we had the best of time. I was like, never ever trying to be a part of the limelight. And that is one thing I really want to make clear because people really think like, oh. You couldn't wait to use him for publicity. You couldn't wait to be in a line. Like, you're just using him for this and using his name for that. And it's like, let me tell you something. 15 I years remember old. sitting there countless of times telling that man, I do not want to be in this line. Like, I hate more power to you people who do this because I. I hate it. Mm -hmm. There's no privacy. Mm -hmm. The pressure that is on your back to be perfect, to be an idol, to be this. And it's just like, let me live. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be no one's role model. Great. I appreciate it if you are inspired by my story. I am taken back if you even look up to me because of what I've been through. But I'm not living for anyone else but me. Mm. You understand? And I can't live my life according to what the outsiders would agree with. Yeah. Because I will never live. Mm -hmm. You understand? So it's like, how dare you think that me filling in his shoes, 
making sure that his legacy lives on, making sure that he is remembered and that he is honored for what he has accomplished, what he, I watched him work 13 years for, mm. you understand? How do you try to make it seem like I'm doing it for my benefit? No, it's not about me because at the end of the day, his, his kids carry on his legacy. Mm -hmm. What I do is for the benefit of his children, yeah. you understand? He has four kids that he left behind. So what I do is so that when they tell their story about their dad, they have a great story to tell. Mm -hmm. Yes, my dad was murdered, but... He was an amazing entertainer. He was an amazing musician. This is what he did. This is what he left behind. He made an impact. Yeah. What did your dad do? You know? <laughs> right. Hello. Right. Like, they have, a they have a story to tell, you know? <laughs> so it's like, this is not about me. This was, has always been about him. So now, yes, a year and a half later, almost mm -hmm. two years, now I'm getting back to me. Now I'm focusing on what I want to do. You understand? Now I'm picking back up my pieces. So, yes, I am in a new relationship. Yes, I've heard the craziest things. It's too soon. It's too this. You're this, you're that. And it's just like, how dare you? First of all, you don't know my 13-year story. Mm -hmm. You know what you know for the last two years that you've seen on social media or on a blog or something. You understand? You don't know what I've been through in my relationship. Like I said, I wasn't searching for a relationship. It just fell into but place. But why do we even have to explain yeah. all of this? Like, this is life. We're human beings. Yeah. Right? But I'm just saying, it's like, my thing. She's going to eventually of find course. someone who is society. You, will hope, you will hope so. Exactly. There are some people who are so afraid of what other people have to say yes. that they make, they, they, they disregard that part of themselves that needs to be loved. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. And that's the bigger picture is that. I'm not going to be afraid to do what I have to do for me because of what I think other people are going to say or how other people are going to feel. This is my life. Mm -hmm. And as long as my children are happy mm -hmm. and they are safe, yeah. Then it's no one's concern of what I do. You yeah, understand? And give you a check. Exactly. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, I am in a much happier place emotionally yeah. and mentally at this point. Mm -hmm. And I deserve that That's because right. I have taken on the world on my shoulders. You understand? Even before two years, mm -hmm. I had the world on my shoulders. Before yeah. he was gone, the world was on my shoulders. I was a mom raising th three children. Mm -hmm with a father who was always on the road. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. I have to go to work. I have to drop my kids off at school. I have to take one to daycare. I have to, everything I do is circled around their schedule. You understand? I put off my dreams and the things that I wanted to do with my future because I didn't have the time. Yeah. I had to be fully committed to my children and my household. Mm -hmm. You understand? So now that I do have someone special in my life who is amazing at and everything. I'm gonna stop you really fast. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. It's okay. But the one reason why I say fuck you to everybody listening about your relationship mm -hmm. is cause fuck you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. I don't need to explain to you who I'm with, mm -hmm. what he looked like, how tall he is, what his education is, yeah, what he do for a living, exactly. how he act in bed, how he treat my kids. Guess why? Because you're not doing none of that shit. Exactly. You're not exactly. a part of none of that shit. You don't got to look at him. You don't got to sleep with him. You don't got to see him with my children. You don't got to know what my kids think about him. You, gotta, you don't got to know none of that. Exactly. He's not providing for you, so guess what? Mind your business. Exactly. So before you feel the need, and you may or may not, 
mm-hmm. to explain that you're happy mm-hmm. and who you're happy with. I just want to say, as another person who understands what it's like to have a social media rainstorm try to dictate yes. my life, yes. you don't owe nobody no explanations for I loving somebody. Oh, no. no, and that's it. And I don't get too much in the detail because, like yeah. I said, only thing I need to know is why he's here. That's it. Nobody else needs to know why he's here. And at the end of the day, as long as he continues to do what he does that got him here, he gonna be good, we gonna be good, and I'm, I'm gonna stay happy. I'll, I'll give a real quick story because I, I, and I get very touchy about relationships. I do. Because, like my fiance says, relationships are everything. Mm-hmm. Like They are. When you, it, whether it's a boyfriend, a friend, a sister, a brother, a cousin, when you love somebody yes. and you care about somebody, you cherish that shit. Yes. Because people will try and take that away yes. from you. And not only are they taking that person away from you, but they're taking your being away yes. from you. Mm-hmm. When they take people away from you, that's what happened with Cheeks. Yes. And, and that's what can happen with your relationship if you yes. let it. And everybody yeah. is not real and everybody is not genuine. So when you have something that feels real to mm-hmm. you, and like you said, whether it's a friend, a boyfriend, or a family member, when you have a strong relationship with someone, you cherish it because mm-hmm. nowadays it's so hard for people to be real with each other yeah. and honest and loyal. So when you do have that with somebody, you have to protect it. You have to. You have to because it, it does not come around often. Mm-mm. You know, you can say people are your friends. You can be, try and build relationships with people, but somewhere down the line it goes wrong. Yeah. So when you have somebody who truly shows you their real self and you can bond and y'all can click and y'all can agree to disagree, but it's never in a disrespectful way yeah. to where it's just like, okay, we don't agree. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Next. And then it happens so easily. You know, you cherish that. Yeah. You have to. And you have to. Hold it. <laughs> Hold on to it and let it be yours. Yes. My quick story, and we could we could edit it out if you don't want me to keep it in there, but we came, you know, because it might be too personal, you know. But we came to um, your mom's birthday, and as usual, you had made a whole bunch of amazing food. You know, I was vegan for a really long time. I was vegan for almost four years, and we went to your house for Christmas, and I was like, forget this vegan shit. <laughs> like I was just like, you know what? You have to enjoy life because I. I I had, I had to have pork in a long time. Anyway, so there's all this food out. Because she made shrimp macaroni and yes. cheese. How you going to do that about a vegan? Listen, you, can't, you, can't, you can't be on no diet. You, you know can't what? be no vegan coming you know what? those I'm vegan. Let me tell you. No, you eat the pork and you eat the shrimps. The pasta, anyway, the cheese. So, right. So he picked up your son by the hands and he swung him around in a circle. And it messed me up so bad. Like, because I'm a cornball. It messed me up. I had the we biggest lunk in my throat. I said, damn, like, I don't know where this is going to finish, you know, because you don't know yeah. what's going to happen with life. But wow, like, little Nugget got somebody to hold his hands mm-hmm. and swing her a man. Mm-hmm. And so, and and and, and your, your man wasn't looking for no attention. It was in a corner. Mm-hmm. I watch everything. I'm terrible that way. I'm a lyricist, <laughs> so I'm always writing songs in my head. But he was in the corner. Everybody else was on the other side of my corner taking pictures. Uh-huh. He was in the corner. 
dressed in his own way, you know, hip hop. Mm -hmm. He had jeans on. I might have had on Tim's or, or Jordans. I don't remember which ones. <laughs> Just regular. You know what I'm saying? Not they was clean. They was fly. But it wasn't like he was like trying to stunt. Yes. Yeah. You know, my fiance walked in. He gave him a pound. He said, "I like." I forgot what it was that he said he liked, but he said he liked something that he had. Very humble. Yes. And then later on, I watched him swing. Your son around by the hands, and I heard your son just cry out like laughing, and I was like, "Damn, that's what it's about." Yes, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's what it's about. Exactly. So there's no comment on Instagram. No. There's no blog entry. No. There's nothing anybody can say to make me even have a response because at that moment when I see that grown man and that little boy holding hands that bond leave me alone mm -hmm. like mind your business you're, you're going you're nothing like, i let her do all that back and forth with people because you don't live that life you're not in her life you don't understand what's going on and so even for me like who's gonna be there for nugget like everybody always say they're gonna be there but they they come around for a second and then they're gone like this they he Biggest. got a life. He got a fiance. No, but he's amazing too, though. Yeah. Coming through for the family, like, he was the only person. And I said this to Nels from the beginning. Don't ever go against Biggs. Like, it's something genuine about him that didn't lie to a lot of other people. He's not there for the, the glitz and the glamour of everything. He's there because he genuinely cares about, you know, knowing the fact that a lot did love his kids and his family. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be the man and do exactly what he promised. And you had him... And he came in, and him and Nugget, his bond is just like, Nugget really has somebody to play with, somebody yeah. to act like him, somebody to teach him how to grow up. Like, Yeah. Did you have something you wanted to say? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. um, before I say what I'm going to say, yeah. I, I, I always... You pregnant? No. Oh, I, <laughs> I need a grandchild. No. I need a grandchild. <laughs> mentioning bigs and you know I always no matter what it is that we're doing I always commend him and show a huge amount of gratitude towards him because it's like you know like I said since day one okay. he has been there he's mm -hmm. the one who helped me plan a funeral he is the one who came with me to every radio set up every interview Made sure that the I mean, when I tell you countless of meetings with these labels and dealing with the the, the nonsense that he had to deal with and just doing it effortlessly, you know, traveling back and forth from New York to LA to put out the clothing label, to create new designs for the Yay label, and just going full force head on with everything. And it wasn't because he was looking for something in return. It was. 
I know what y'all meant to this man, and I'm going to make sure y'all are good by any means. Mm -hmm. So if we got to work, we're going to work. But you're not going to do it by yourself. You will not be alone. You know, and there's so many who make promises when somebody passes away, and everybody's around in the beginning, mm -hmm. and then everybody slowly starts to die out. And, and I understand, people have their own problems. They have their own lives to go back to. You can't sit here and babysit me. I don't expect nobody to take all my bills. I and you But... It's always been a family vibe. You yeah. understand? Anytime I've invited him to a, an, a, a family event, he's always made his business to come. Christmases, he's there. Mm -hmm. You guys have been there for the last two Christmases that and we I be had with him. And I'm taking it so serious. You know, I'm beating the hell out of my yes. eyebrow. Like... We have our own little shindigs at your house, you know, barbecues, your engagement party. Like, we're always involved with things together. And I, I admire that because, like I said, so many people don't come around who are genuine. And when you get that and you, you can build a relationship with somebody who isn't looking for a handout or mm -hmm. something in return and they're just genuinely doing it from the bottom of their heart, that means a lot. You understand? Mm -hmm. And when it goes back to talking about, you know, my relationship, that was what sealed the deal for me. Hmm. It wasn't so much, you know, what we had going on, but when I witnessed the bond with my son, hmm. that was like the icing on the cake because oh, wow. it was, that was my biggest thing was who's going to teach him to be a man? I can raise him to be respectful. I can raise him to have his life together, but who's going to raise him to have those man qualities to teach, to, to teach a, you know, to a man to teach him how to treat a woman, how to ride a bike, how to play basketball, and football. When I was at that event, <laughs> like, yes. I saw everybody else in the suite yeah. and dresses and stuff, but the, 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 sh the biggest part of that day to me was watching the two of yes. them together. Yes, that and and that's always so and that's always the biggest part of my day. Like, so I I get to be blessed to watch them interact with each other on a regular basis, and to see the amount of love they have for each other. It's it's amazing to me because I was scared he wouldn't have that. Yeah, he wouldn't have that male figure in his life. And nigga don't really listen to everybody. He and knows. <laughs> he, he, he can tell. I mean, I, I told Doug the other time. I said, yeah. Nugget got a, like a sixth sense. He, he can tell when you buy some you. bullshit. He, he don't even know yes men. Yeah. You know, he's only... Listen, Nugget's a cancer, and I, we're, we're, we're like, what, two, he's three days apart? I swear we're just the same, because we're protective over yeah. ours. He's a grown he man. He needs you to keep it 100. Yes, yeah. <laughs> don't bull, yes. Don't BS me. And how yes. old is he now? And he's six now. And he, <laughs> he acts like he's 30. He, right. Yes. Six, right. I always he's questioning him. He'll look at you and be like... Nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And I, I always tell like, I always tell him six that he's, 25. Like, just come up with you. Six like, to 25. You had to be here before. Like, where did you get Everybody that? Everybody say that. I'll be honest. He I just be honored soul. to be in his presence. I just be honored that he will allow me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, all jokes aside, because you know how some kids, like, you feel kind of stupid if you say the wrong thing. <laughs> 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 like, and I just be like... Let me just watch what I say and just smile. Because, mm. you know, you want to be with Nuggets good side. He will check you. Yeah, he will be like, me. that doesn't make sense. No, you're yeah. wrong. No, I, what are you talking about? So there's just one little <laughs> tiny thing that I want to um, touch on. Um, and, and as the weeks go on and as the podcasts, you know, grow, people begin to learn more about you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm so excited 
about this one thing because it's about women's empowerment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you have three children. That's powerful already. Yeah. You know what I mean? You raise these kids. That's powerful. You have your own place. You pay your own bills. You got your own whip. Rah, rah, rah. Now you got this amazing man. That's powerful. You going back to school? Yes. I'm actually in my second semester. I'm going to school for business. Mm -hmm. I started out going for my associates, but for me, it's just like, I know I want so much more. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually in a process of just taking the necessary courses so that I can switch mm -hmm. by the middle of next year and just go straight for my bachelor's. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even want to waste time. I've wasted enough time. Yeah. I'm old enough to where I know what I want to do. I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. You know, um, on top of that, of going to school, you know, we have the foundation. Yes. The Lionel Pickens Foundation that we opened up in honor of Lionel Pickens and his legacy. And we really want to focus on families that are affected by the same pain that we were affected by. Mm -hmm. They're life-changing through gun violence. Mm -hmm. Because it's real, and it goes on every single day. Yeah. Someone is murdered, and there's a child left without a parent. There's a mother left without a child, mm -hmm. and it's sad. you know. And, and not so many people are blessed to have people in their corner like I have. So mm -hmm. there are families who struggle that they don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. You understand? If that person that's no longer here was the breadwinner, now what? If they was the glue to the family, now what? Yeah. Now how does a single mother survive raising children on her own? Having to worry about holidays, college, and just everyday bills Perfect. in life. You have unexpected bills when you have kids. Yeah. Something happens tomorrow. I mean, my kids come to me like, I need this for school. I need this for this. I need this for this. And it's just like, oh, God. Like... Certain things you can't prepare for, no matter how much you try to budget. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. always going to get hit with an unex unexpected um, expense. So I honestly can't imagine. Yeah. So, you know, and there's so many people that go through it. So that's just really our focus point. Then on top of that, you, you keep mentioning my food. And yeah. I am very heavily into cooking. Like, right. that has always been my passion. And it sucked because, you know, when I had a husband and I had a family, I was cooking all the time. Right, and you when, were a chef in the city. And when he was uh, murdered, I didn't cook for so long. Yes, she really stopped. I stopped cooking because I felt like, who was I gonna cook for? The kids, they know how to make their own food. You understand, they're kids. So they always want fast food, they wanna do this. You know, as a woman, you like knowing that your husband can come home to a cooked meal. So I looked forward to those nights. I want nights. you to understand, Janelle. <laughs> knowing that I can do that. Free, okay? Everybody, husband, don't get <laughs> what you talking about. That, that was one of the things that we were talking about. Like, I'm like, you know, she's the type of person, the woman that makes sure, you know, the meals are packed before he leaves out for work. Mm -hmm. the, the dinner is on the table by time. And this is even between her getting up, going to school, doing her own thing, picking up the kids and still making time. Me, I'm going to go lay down. I don't work okay. 12 hours. I'm not going to go okay. anything. What are you making me? You like, ain't lying, though. But this is going back. Day, I was like, baby, can you make me some eggs? <laughs> like, he was like... I'm gonna I'm I'm blow you up, babe. 
what you choose to do within those 24 hours like mm -hmm. I work a lot my focus is always I gotta pay a bill so I'm always going back to work mm -hmm. I can just got off a shift and then I'm like let me go right back and get that money now did you go to school yes actually I have my associates in human services and social work and okay. I have some bachelor credits but okay. I'm not finished with my bachelor's degree same for me I'll be honest with you okay so I went to school for vocal jazz performance and I left in my last semester because I got signed to Def Jam, right? And so a few years in, I went back and got my, they let me get my associates, but I never fully got my bachelor's. But when I heard that Janelle was going to school, I was like, yo, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> I want to start a GoFundMe so somebody can send me back to school. So if you're listening out there, send me back to school. Because if I could just pay my bills, I would right. be in school. But I can't pay my bills and be in school. Now I'm just being lazy. But it's a struggle to do both. It's hard. And, you have to, and, that's, and I do it all on my own. So if It's hard. I got to worry about whether or not my bills are paid. But trusting me... Come September, I'm back in school. So when we you do going this back to school too? Come September, I'm okay. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's High just do five. a real quick lady pack before we before we finish this this, this episode. I'm going back to school too. Yay! So I'm gonna study political science now. People are gonna look at me crazy, but I've always wanted to have a space in the political realm. I've always wanted to like make some sort of a difference in America, right? So yeah, I feel like studying political science can be the beginning of that. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna help back teenagers and kids because like right now I work in psych and I deal with the kid units. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a matter of telling the child that they look beautiful in the morning or helping them comb their hair to make their day go by smooth. We deal with kids that deal with suicide, eating disorders, all types of form of insecurities that we deal with. Yeah. And they're not, they don't know how to address it. Yeah. So sometimes it just takes a, a moment just to listen and ask what's wrong or are you okay? Or you look beautiful because they probably don't feel that way. So for me, further into my career, I want to do something with community service, helping teenagers wow. and kids. Because they, they don't ask to be here. Yeah. They, you know, they're here and... Life is really a big playing field, yeah. and it doesn't come with instructions. Yeah. All right, so we all go. We all go back to school. Janelle's already in school. September, guys. Bye Real September. quick, I want to make some noise. Just you know, a round of applause for for Janelle just sharing her story today. That was you know a really Thank big deal. Thank you so much. And I know it wasn't you know easy, but you know at the end of the day, like it's a real story. It's a real story. It's a it's a touching story, and it's a story of like power. Yeah. You know, like it makes me feel like I can make it. Yeah. To hear, you know, your story. We're all strong. We you all, just have yeah. to find it. And then two, there's a lot of people out there that's 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 excited about going out and going back and getting the education. So we we going back to school in September. Me and Kima and yes. Jelly's already in school. So y'all gonna hear about me applying to schools and writing my college essays. Um, this has been NPG Taboo. We love you guys so much. We're so excited that you're listening. Um, if you got any questions, anything you want us to talk about, hit us up at info at nopoliticalgenius.com. I'm Chrisette Michelle. Kima. Janelle. And we love you so much. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.